Hey, this is Tim. I wanted to thank everyone for their support. Remind you that you can help us out by leaving us a rating on iTunes, subscribe to the show, give us some feedback to your family and friends. We also have a click-through link for Amazon. Go to InsideBJJ.com and use the click-through link. Helps us out a lot. Thank you very much, and we hope you enjoy the show. We'd like to present Not Seen Before. I think you want you want everybody to smoke weed. Hey, this is Hoist Gracie, and you're listening to the Inside BJJ Podcast. It was a stream trip. That's racist. I'm not a racist. That's racist. I'm not a racist. This is Kurt Oceaner. This is Inside BJJ Podcast. God damn it! Jiu-Jitsu sucks. God damn it! I think you want you want everybody to smoke weed. What is up? I'm back again. I think I think I have probably the spottiest track record in podcasting right now. Like who <laughs> One podcast every seven months. Hey, great job. Uh, back. And every time I come back, I go, trust me, I'm back for good. I got great things planned. Uh, but this time, you just, you're just going to have to trust me. That's just the way it works. Hey, uh, today's episode is brought to you by Mike Prudencio at One World Jiu-Jitsu. Check him out. Go to OneWorldJiuJitsu.com. If you're over in the Bay Area and you're looking for Jiu-Jitsu, Especially if you're like Union City area, that that part of the world, Fremont, hit him up, Mike Prudencio. He's a dope dude, really good crew out there. Uh, OneWorldJiuJitsu.com. So yeah, wow, uh, it's uh, it feels good to be back. I'm doing the podcast today on a new board. It's a Roadcaster. I finally uh, upgraded. It's it's kind of insane because when I first started doing inside BJJ, I, I think it was in 2012 and I, you know, I had no, no clue at all about audio equipment or podcasting or any of that stuff. So I, I borrowed some equipment from my dad's church and, um, it was like a little four channel mixer board, a couple microphones, you know, some rinky dink wiring. And, and I just kind of made it work out of the gate. And then, after a while, I upgraded to a newer board. Thank you very much, M. Kimonos. Uh, Luciano Machado, she uh, really hooked us up there way back in the beginning, helped us get all that initial equipment. That was dope, and I'm never going to forget that. But, you know, I got it all set up, but man, it's like it took me forever to get that board dialed in because I'm not an audio guy. I just I just winged it. You know, I just like, I'm going to start recording, and I'll figure it out as I go along, and uh, you know, it was, it was tricky and I had all these cords and wires and plugged into all these things. And it, it was like at the time it was like doing black magic to get your phone hooked up. So I have the Z14 Allen and Heath mixer board. It's actually a good, good quality board, but to get my phone line plugged into that board to where I could make a call and the callers could hear us and we're talking into the mics with headphones and going into the board and they could hear the soundtracks and all the stupid sounds and all that shit. And then we could hear them. 
and we could output it to the laptop and record it. Oh my God, dude. It took forever to sort that out. And uh, I remember when I did finally get it all like arranged, I got it dialed in. It was perfect. My my boys had some friends over for the weekend, and they were younger. They were kind of going bananas, and one of the kids saw the audio console in our den back here where I record and was just intrigued by it. Like, that little fucker was going to play with the board. And he went over to it and turned the dials to switch the knobs and plugged things in and took things out and rearranged it. And this was on a Saturday night, and at the time, we were recording Sunday morning. So when I went in to record on Sunday morning, I found a nice little uh, treat for me, which was the board was completely rearranged. And it, it took me it took me like half a day to sort it back out. And then I immediately like yelled at my kids and forbade them from ever <clears throat> having their friends near my equipment. And then for a while, I would like cover it up with a sheet. But it's weird. Like, you don't want to be that guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, like, when you when, when you go to someone's house when you're a kid and, like, the dad has some special stuff or the, or, or the mom or the grandma that lives there or the uncle or the older brother. You know, they got some. It's either, like, really fancy tools or a bicycle or computer equipment or music equipment or it's work stuff, something serious, you know, don't touch that. Don't go over there. Or, or, or it seemed like as a kid, everybody had one room in their house. You weren't allowed to go into like, don't go in that room. You're not allowed in uncle Bob's room. I want to go in the room. You're not allowed. I'm going to go in. There was always a room like that when you're a kid, but, uh, yeah, man. So anyway, uh, it, it, you know, it was a mess. And now I got this roadcaster and, you know, this company, they, they figured out everything you need for a podcast board and they put it in one board. So like all this freaking equipment that I have now, it's like 15 pieces. It's literally in one board right now. It's, it's amazing. And I'm recording on it. It's got a sound bank in it. Uh, pretty, pretty cool stuff, man. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. And I'm really looking forward to, uh, banging out more of these shows on this board. Actually, this makes it a lot easier for me uh, to do it. And so I'm pretty stoked to be back. I'm pretty stoked to be doing jujitsu. A lot of you guys know, man, it's been a crazy busy year. Super, super, super busy. And a lot of things changed in, in the jujitsu world for me. And I opened up my own academy inside BJJ Academy. This is for us motherfuckers inside BJJ jujitsu, man. This is a gym that's for inside BJJ and it's also a 10th planet stocked. And so I'm running both and I, I couldn't be more happy to be honest with you. I'm, I'm genuinely happy with the way everything's worked out. You know, sometimes it sucks to get there and you got to deal with some shit, but, um, I'm super, I'm super stoked about how, how well everything's turned out and, and where everything's going. And, and, and honestly, the support that I've gotten from the jujitsu world has just been amazing from my family, from my friends and from the 10th planet family, from Sergio Silva jujitsu, from evolution combatives up in Lodi, like it's it's been awesome man and and I couldn't I couldn't ask for more 
And I couldn't be more happy being part of the 10th Planet family. Like, dude, Eddie Bravo's coming out on Saturday to do a seminar in the 209. Can you fucking believe it? What? I I feel like I need to stage a homicide car wash. Just I just need Eddie to see one. Like I just need to I'm just gonna pay a bunch of the jujitsu kids to like stage one in the parking lot by the gas station by the gym just so Eddie can see it as he drives in. It's 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 crazy, man. Like I've been uh you know talking to these guys and part of this world forever. And it was never in my plans to open a 10th planet, like ever, never, ever, ever, or an inside BJJ Academy that was never in my brain ever. And it's just, it's amazing what happens when you really, really love what you do and you really do it because you love it. You know, not because doing a podcast talking to jujitsu guys brings in money, because for sure it doesn't. But I really love doing it, and all the cool shit I have right now is because of the podcast. Like it's because of the time and the energy and the effort and and the passion and the love I have for jujitsu and grappling, and for helping people learn it, and for just building up the community and and getting out there and spreading the word. I just I just love it, man. It's like I don't know if it sounds corny, but it's like my religion, man. I fucking love it, man. I want to be a I'm an evangelist for jujitsu. It's 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 amazing, and I, I I couldn't be more happy. So I'm super stoked to be back. I'm super stoked um, with uh, with what's going on uh, locally here with jujitsu. So uh, pretty happy about that. But you know, dude, the jujitsu world's kind of tripping me out right now. Like it, it's it's weird not talking to people about it for it's been dude. I mean, just about a year. You know, around there. Well, I've done some few scattered shows in between here, but but not much. And, you know, I still pay attention to it, but the rise of social media and the impact it's had on jujitsu is just it's it's insane, man. And and I'm surprised, to be honest with you, that it's not worse than what it is right now. Because there's there's so much madness out there in people's brains and the way they think and the way they operate that uh you know it's going to permeate jujitsu and and this is the problem that you have when you have a a niche thing like jujitsu that was underground you know i guess you could say it was underground for for such a long time it was relatively unknown in comparison to lots of other things and so it was a very small community, super self-policed. And, and it still kind of is, but as it grows, and we talked all the time, like, we need more money in jiu-jitsu. We need more people training. We need more exposure. We need it on TV. So you're starting to get more of this stuff. That means you get more people doing it. And now you got celebrities doing it. And you got dudes popping off on Instagram with their blue belts. You got Jonah Hill looking down his nose at you. I'll have you know I'm Jonah Hill and I'm a blue belt. And you got fucking Russell Brand talking about getting a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. My mind's just fucking blown, dude. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, all we had was Al motherfucking Bundy, all right? He was our guy. He was our lone celebrity jiu-jitsu guy. And Hinner and Hedon had the market on that motherfucker. Like, Horian would parade him out every time the Gracies needed to, like, celebrate something or do some, like, entertainment-based thing. He's like... 
I know. I'll call my friend Al Bundy. We'll bring Bundy in. <laughs> Bundy BJJ. But, uh, uh, man, now everyone's doing it. You know, there's just so many people out there. And it, it, it kind of just trips me out, man. It's to see all these people. Demi Lovato. I'm a blue belt now. It's like, what the fuck? Like, what are you, a, don't you have a Disney show you should be doing? Or I was watching, my kids were watching you. Like, fuck, it's insane, man. I, 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 it's hard for me to wrap my head around it. It really is, but, uh, but it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And I was watching this video. It is a, is like a school owner, you know, you start getting concerned with different types of things going on. And, and one of the things is like, how do you, how, you know, why do people quit? Like I've had people sign up, they come and they signed up for a whole fucking year, man. And they come to three classes and then you don't see them and you text them, you hit them up. Hey, what's going on? Everything good. Oh yeah. I'm going to get back in them. And it's just like, you just don't see them. And, um, Henner Gracie posted this 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 uh, video, uh, and he's with a student, and it's in, and, and basically the video is like why I quit after one class, and essentially the gist of it is this: new guy signs up for jujitsu, the room is full of a bunch of savages. They gladly sign him up. He does a couple techniques that they're doing that day, and then they throw him to the sharks. And he gets fucking scared, freaked out, beat the shit out of, goes home, and then has to make a decision. Am I going to go back or am I going to quit? And Henner makes a valid point that there are people that go to jiu-jitsu and they kind of get a rough-ass introduction and they quit. Kind of like this. I'm going to teach you how to swim. Yeah, come on. Come on over. We got a nice pool. I'm going to get it all set up. I'll show you how to swim. We got to have a bunch of good swimmers over. Like, it's going to be awesome, man. Yeah, come on. It'll be fun. Your first lesson's free. Guy shows up. I get you in the pool. Now, you know, I'm not in the deep end. I got you in the shallow end. Your feet can touch the ground. You're about waist high. I'm having you practice a couple things. Like, hey, here's how to hold your breath. Here's how to here's how to flip your legs. Here, hold on to the side of the pool and, 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 and flip your legs and kick your legs and and you feel good. And we do those techniques for about 40 minutes. And then I go, okay, everyone, uh, I want to grab a quick drink of water, uh, get your uh, get your goggles on, and um, go ahead and jump in the deep end. We're going to swim. And you're looking at me like, I don't know how to swim. Oh, that's okay. You're going to be fine. And I, and I just chuck your ass into the deep end. It's time to swim, boys. Hey, let's play water polo. Like, it's... It, it, it's fucked up. It's it's a hard experience for a lot of people. They they come to jujitsu and they just can't, you know, catch it. Like it's hard, man. Not everyone's geared for that beating that they're about to get. But I would have to say that, man. That the tricky thing is this: that kind of gatekeeping or rite of passage introduction. It's kind of like boot camp, you know, like you got to go through it. Maybe there's a better way, but I'm glad I got into it that way. And I'm not saying it's for everyone, but I'm saying for me, I'm glad that I started, learned a couple techniques. And guess what? I was grappling that night. I was on the mat. I got choked the fuck out like 14 times. Everyone in the room. 
I went home, felt like I got ran over by a delivery van. Like literally both, you, you know, you see those, you see those movies where there's always like any kind of movie where there's a bunch of violence, like a John Wick movie, like dudes get killed all kind of ways. Right. And, and, and I think the directors kind of run out of creative ways to kill people. And so there's always the guy that gets hit by the van, you know, like, and when he gets hit, it, you know, those are guys that get blasted by the grill and they go flying over the windshield. But I'm talking about the guy that gets hit and then rolls under the van and then both sets of tires get him clunk, clunk. Clunk, clunk. That's that's what I felt like. I got clunk, clunked by a fucking delivery van my first jujitsu class. I felt like that probably for the first year and a half, to be honest with you. And and that's how I wanted it. Like I wanted it, you know, like that. I just did, man. I was wired that way. And when in in my first class was with Phil Torres, it. Pacific Coast Martial Arts, and back then it was like the Diaz brothers, and, and, and I think at the time, I'm trying to remember, Nick was training for a fight, let me see if I can pull up his, his fight record against um, this Ishii dude, I think his last name was Ishii, and this dude, this was a long time ago, Jesus Christ, let me see, yeah, Koji Ishii, it was in June 4th, 2005, Nick TKO'd him in like a minute, 24 seconds. He, he hit him like 25 times or something. And I think the guy hit Nick once. It was crazy, right? But um, I remember he was training for that fight. And I had, you know, showed up to the gym. He had just beat uh, Drew Fickett like a couple months, a month or so before I started. So everyone was pretty hopped up and Rodney Jones was boxing out of there and, and it, it was a pretty cool spot, you know, but man, those guys were savages and they were all trying to be savages and prove themselves. And that was just a fucking, you know, 27 year old slob. Uh, you know, I just went in there like chewed up bubblegum, uh, looking to make something out of my life and, and I got destroyed repeatedly and I just kept going back and back and back and I remember when I started training in the gi with Eric Shingu and all those dudes like fucking Chuck Walker knee rode me you know pressed me up against the wall grinded his knee into me and just made me feel like I was uh, navel lint and and I wanted it that way but I do get it and so I guess my question is is do you make, you know, what do you do? How do you know? Like there's some schools where they go, look, you don't get to do any rolling until you got two stripes on your white belt. But I kind of, I get it. I kind of get it. Like you don't want people to get hurt, etc. You don't want some people to get freaked out. But, but sometimes it's like an economic thing, I think, where people realize that the rolling part of jujitsu, the sparring, that's like the crack, man. That's the drug. That's the addiction that we're getting after. And if you control access to that, you could really stretch out someone's jujitsu experience. You know, you could really stretch it out over a long, long time. It's it's not uncommon for somebody to join up a school that stretches out the rolling. It's kind of limited. You can't just go in and train anytime you want. It's not uncommon for guys that are thirsty to compete and they really want that mat time to leave schools like that and end up in places where it's just savage mat time all the time. But for new people, you know, it's 
it's tricky and I think you got to take care of them and I try to take care of them but at the same time I don't make any and I don't I don't mince words about the fact with them when I talk to them that jujitsu is really hard man like it's not easy and it's not supposed to be easy it's not supposed to be something that you just fall into and you get it all sorted out and you don't have to sweat that much and nobody's going to cross face you and you're never going to get an elbow in your thigh. You're never going to take a knee ride. You're never going to get your face cranked. No, you are. That's why jujitsu is so fucking real and honest in the first place because all that shit's going to happen to you. All of it. Someone's going to sweat in your eye. They're going to sweat in your mouth. They're going to stink. They're going to smell like B.O., ass, bad breath, dirty feet, dirty fucking nails, disgusting. They're going to put pressure. They're going to, people are going to choke your face. They're going to choke your eyes. They're going to crank on your neck. They're going to crank on your arms. They're going to squeeze your body. They're going to put you in body locks and squeeze you till you can't breathe, till you feel like your ribs are going to break. They're going to grab your feet. They're going to crank your legs. They're going to twist your limbs. Your ears are going to get folded over. They're going to get compressed. They, the cartilage might even crack in your ear and it might swell up. You might have to go to the doctor and get it drained. Someone's going to scratch you and you're going to bleed. You're going to get a skin infection. You might get your tooth knocked out. You might get your knee blown out. You might tear your shoulder. You're going to jam your fingers. You're going to break a finger. You're going to jam your toes. You're going to break a toe. Like all these fucking things are going to happen. I don't know why we should pretend that they're not because they're common. They're super common, but that's the whole point. It's not supposed to be easy. Jiu-jitsu supposed to be hard. That's why it's so fucking dope in the first place. Because it's real. If we take the reality out of jujitsu, then what do we have? We don't have anything but some dressed up marketing gimmick aimed at getting in someone's pocketbook. It doesn't mean that you can't bring people along at a slower pace and in a safe manner. But let's be real about what we're doing. Like grappling's nitty gritty. It's, It's gritty. It's dirty. It's hard. It's not easy. It's tough. Self-defense, that's easy? That's fun? A self-defense situation is going to be fun? No, it's going to be some stinky, drunk, asshole weirdo. You're going to be scared for your life. They're going to have fucking cheesy-looking teeth. They're going to smell like a bum's ass that hasn't showered in six weeks and has been riding Bart in 110-degree weather. They're going to be foul, man. Foul. Foul. You need the experience. You need somebody to put pressure on you. You need hostility. You need it. So I'm saying take care of the new people. Be nice to them. Don't hurt them. Don't lie to them. Jiu-jitsu's hard as fuck. There's a reason why the black belt's so coveted. It, it's The black belt's not even a sign of what you can do. It's a sign of how much shit you had to eat to get there. Honestly, right? It's a tough, tough, tough game, but it's super fun. And you're going to learn a lot about yourself 
and the rewards are way more than I'm just good at configuring my body against someone else's body because that's all jujitsu is body configurations and you're trying to get a dominant one but you're going to learn a lot about yourself you're going to be pushed to the point that you think you're going to break sometimes you are going to break you're going to want to quit you're going to be frustrated you're going to think you're better than what you are you're going to get humbled you're going to surprise yourself you're going to do shit that you didn't think you could do yeah how crazy is that man you are going to do things that you don't think you could do right now. You're going to do those things. Dude, this is awesome, man. There's so much. It's so valuable only because it's so hard and you have to push and you have to be willing to be pushed. You have to teach and you have to be willing to be taught. It's a tricky, tricky, tricky world. Jiu-Jitsu is a special, weird niche thing. And I truly believe it is because of the hard, hard sparring. That we get so much out of it. All the grappling arts are very, very similar in this way. Judo, yes. But judo's so competition focused. You lose you kinda you kinda lose that brotherhood dojo aspect of it where you're just in the gym and you're just grappling and you're doing open mat and you're doing rounds and you're doing rounds and you're training and you're grinding and you're testing yourself and you're every time you roll with somebody you're adding a new paragraph to your story with that person and you're learning about them and they're trying to trick you and you're trying to trick them and their personality style comes out and they're grappling are they going to come right at you are they deceptive are they going to lay a trap are they going to misdirect? Or do they have perfect timing? Are they fast? Are they strong? Are they going to squeeze? Are they going to compress? Are they going to use some techniques or knowledge you've never even seen before? Such an amazing thing. So don't quit after one class because you got roughed up. I know it sounds crazy, but look, if you want the reward, you got, if you want the best, best part of it, you got to get all the way to the top and to get to the top, you got to go through some shit. So while I do agree with Henner that it is jacked up to hurt new people and not take care of them when they come in, I'm, I'm genuinely glappy, <laughs> glappy. I'm genu- genuinely happy that they're there. And I tell them like, dude, I'm stoked. You joined the team. I'm glad you joined the team. I'm so excited you're on the team. You're going to learn so much about yourself. You're going to do so fucking great if you can stick it out. You just I'm telling you, it's going to be hard, but it's worth it. That's the message we should be giving, giving, giving new people. In my opinion, follow a curriculum. But look, man, Jiu-Jitsu's master apprentice. Just fucking deal with it. You can't learn it on YouTube all by yourself. You gotta, you gotta have, You got to have somebody help you. Now, competitively, guys, they get to a certain point where they, um, you know, have the capabilities to, you know, kind of branch out. They jump from place to place because they're trying to achieve certain goals. But for the most part of it, that's not us, man. That's like a tiny part of the community. The rest of us are going to train in one spot for the rest of our life unless we have a falling out or worker life changes. So, yeah. Awesome. The other thing that's tripping me out, dude, is like <laughs> uh, I was reading about Keenan. And so Keenan and Josh, Keenan, Ivory, Cornelius, and Josh Hinger are doing this uh, podcast together. 
it's okay. I mean, it's a podcast. It's a jujitsu podcast. It's all right. You know, it's okay. It's not inside BJJ, but it's okay. No, I, I, I like Keenan a lot. He's a, he's a pretty articulate guy. I like that. He looks at, um, things from a different angle. But one of the things they talked about was the uh, no gi and gi divorcing each other. I guess it didn't work out. It's crazy. They say opposites attract. You thought thought it would work, you know? They went to marriage counseling. They read, you know, self-help books. They tried to do activities together. Tried to find common interests. But... You know, ultimately, they're just not the same. And so uh, they filed for divorce, and it's a very, very sad day. feeling really bad about that. Um, I don't know who's going to get all the kids in the proceedings. And, you know, it's tricky because it's like, what's going to happen with Danaher's guys? Like, are they going to is are they gonna go with their dad, Nogi, or are they going to go with their mom and the gi? Like, nobody knows yet. I, I don't think that they're divorcing each other. Not at all. I think that just like anything else, there are people that are going to gravitate towards certain aspects of it. And and I think what they really mean is to be at the highest level is really tricky. Like you have to focus on one or the other. And the point they're making was guys used to be able to do that. Like, uh, and they, they brought up Andre Galval, like he's the last guy that could, who, who could say like, go win ADCC and win, uh, the, uh, worlds in the gi, right? Like that, that's pretty fucking hard. Now we know Gordon's saying he was going to do it. He was going to win in the gi, win in the gi, but so far hasn't been done, but you know, I don't, I don't know if, if this is the case. They're saying that like leg locks and wrestling are ruining Nogi or taking it over or bogging it down. But I mean, that, dude, that sounds like somebody saying we're taking wrestling out of judo because the wrestlers just keep taking us down. Like, is it, is it ruining it? Like, I, I don't, maybe, the, maybe ruining it wasn't their exact word, but I don't think it is. I think it's just another expression of the same thing. Like people have been doing leg locks for a long time. Yeah, there's a fixation on it. For sure, there's a fixation on the leg lock aspect of the game. And that's purely uh, driven, I think, a lot by the sub-only movement. Um, because guard passing sweeps, it's it's a lower priority. So people are focusing on the submission game. And in no-gi grappling, it gets so slick and so fast, the legs are gigantic limbs. I mean, they're fucking huge, man. Like they're, they literally are 50% of the human body. No, but it, they really are. Like it's half of your, your arm is, is like, you know, 15% of your body, 10%. And your other arm is another 10%. So that say that's 20. And then your big ass dome on your head, that's another 10% or 5%. I don't know. And then your torso makes up the, the rest of the top half. But from your torso down, it's fucking basically your legs, you know, outside of your, your danger zone. It's basically legs, dude. So yeah, people jump on your legs. This is a giant limb and they're easy to attach to and you could get submissions and guard passes and and sweeps and and all the other things you could do in jujitsu. But to say it's, to say it's like kind of bogging it down or sidetracking it. I don't think so. I think it's just a specialization that we're seeing right now. No different than anything else, man. 
no different. And uh, there's always going to be a natural equilibrium. Things are going to shift. Guys are going to lose interest in one thing and jump to the other. I do think that gi jiu-jitsu is highly specialized, for sure. I would say that the if you're going to... You know, if you're going to blame someone for the divorce, don't blame leg locks. Um, because, you know, leg locks, everyone was doing leg locks. You were doing leg locks and we were doing leg locks too. So don't blame me for that. But this whole like crazy specialization and strategy in the gi game, it's, it's fucking sometimes, man, gi is just like terrible to watch now because of it. And I get it. I would do the same thing if I was competing. Like, I totally get it. I'm just honest about it. From a spectator standpoint, it's not that fun to watch. And as a competitor, it gets, like, kind of shitty because you realize that there's a whole other competitive aspect that you have to learn in order to be successful at it. And that takes a long time and a lot of experience. And, 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 and that's strictly because of the rule set of jujitsu like you kill the advantages and suddenly like the whole game changes right um uh, you fucking add some stalling penalties and the whole game changes um you know i i don't mind points they're not the end of the world but I do think there's an argument to be made um, for guys who are super amazing at sweeps. You know, they want to get a sweep, and then like, you see the fifty-fifty madness, right? Remember the fifty-fifty madness where dudes would hold on that fifty-fifty fucking position and play this little sweep game strategy until the very end, then try to get the sweep, stand up, and get the last man to get points. Like it's it's not fun to watch. Like once you've seen that battle play out once, you've seen all of them the same shit you know i don't know how you fix that but i i think if we could somehow reduce the specialization in the gi um it would be a lot funner to watch i you know i don't know though if, if they're really divorcing i don't think they're divorcing I, I think they're just they've just grown apart a little bit but they're staying together you know for the kids for now but you know uh i encourage my all of our students to do both, to be honest with you, man. Like if somebody comes for 10th planet jujitsu, like dope. Hell yeah. Like we we're down with 10th planet jujitsu, obviously, but I, all of our memberships are unlimited. So I tell them, yo man, if you sign up, you can come to all the classes. You can come to as many classes as you want. And about half of the classes are in the gi that we offer. So please come to the gi class. And a lot of times they do and they love it and they get better because of it. And I have guys that come for just the gi and I tell them, Hey man, you know, I appreciate you signing up with the gi program inside BJJ Academy. Right. Uh, we also have 10th planet Stockton and no gi's dope, dude. There's so much to the 10th planet system. I think you're going to love it. You have an unlimited membership. You can do both. You should come into the no gi classes, man. Like you should come and learn it. And they do. And there's a few that only do one or the other. And that's cool too. But the guys that are doing both, man, they're growing so fast. It's crazy. It's crazy. So it's, it's not really divorcing at the lower level. I think it's just, separating at the highest level at the highest competitive level we may see some type of separation but i i don't 
I don't know, man. It's it's an interesting argument to be made. Um, but you know, maybe maybe you're not going to see one guy win both. But maybe it's not supposed to be that way anyway. You know, just like the the dudes that are usually the best, you know, three point shooters are not the best dudes to slam dunk in the basketball. The guys that you know hit tons of home runs, they they don't always have the highest batting average. And, and and that's the way it is. And then once in a while, a superstar comes around and, you know, they got all the tools and they're fucking amazing to watch. Everyone's not supposed to be Muhammad Ali, right? Everyone's not supposed to be Michael Jordan. Graded everything. Barry Bonds. Yeah, I said it. Put him in the Hall of Fame, motherfucker. Five-tool player. He had a weak arm, though. That's the problem with Barry Bonds. He had a weak arm. It was an accurate arm, and he had brilliant timing as an outfielder. I think people forget that he he was a gold glove outfielder. This guy was fantastic in the outfield. His arm was just not strong. Like He could not throw Sid Bream out, but he was accurate, and he was a very smart baseball player. Hardly any Barry Bonds in grappling, man. You know, we'll see. We'll see if Gordon Ryan can be that guy. I don't know. Uh... Chris Cyborg apparently is being bullied by Dana White. And I just I just want you to think about that statement. It just sounds fascinating to me that Chris Cyborg, and she's a nice person. She's been on the podcast. I've talked to her a few times. She's always been really gracious, always been really cool. Uh, so, you know, I don't have a beef with her, and I know Dana has a reputation as being, you know, blaff, egghead, moron, jerk off to the fighters. I think it's kind of a thing now that fighters use. It's a tactic. It's a strategy that they use. It, it seems like there's there's one of two ways, right? There's the fighter who goes like full company line. Uh, who do you want to fight? Whoever the company wants to put out in front of me. Right, you know, oh, I just want to thank Dana. I want to thank everyone, Dana White, Dana White, Dana White. I love you, Dana White. I love you, Dana White. Fertitas, Dana White, Dana White. Well, I guess not the Fertitas anymore, but and then there's the other other side of the house. Like they take the opposite tactic. They take like the Diaz brothers tactic, where they're basically like, "Fuck the UFC, fuck Dana White, Dana White's a dick." Like you know, kind of like that thing. And I think Chris Cyborg's always kind of had that as her. Uh, the tone of her negotiations with the UFC from day one. T- Do you remember Tito Ortiz used to, he either managed her or represented her or counseled her. He was affiliated with her in some way with her contractual <clears throat> negotiations. And Tito has a very similar relationship with the UFC. And I think this is just part of, this is just an extension, a natural evolution of that. Uh, uh, she's probably not with Tito anymore. I don't know who represents her anymore, but she said, you know, Dana White bullies her, blah, 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 blah. Hey, look, just because you call it bullying doesn't mean it's wrong. It's, it's fucking part of the way shit works, man. Like, it's life's not fair. It's not supposed to be fair. There's nobody to make it fair. Humans are flawed. Our natures are fucked up. So if you put a committee together of people that were going to monitor every interaction and ensure that each interaction was fair, guess what? Those fucking people would fuck it up and exploit it and use it for gain. Because that's what humans do. Let's just acknowledge that about our nature. 
We have a duality. Yeah, we're nice. We're magnanimous. We're, we do all these great things. We have these high ordeals. And at the same time, we're selfish and we're greedy and we're dark and we're evil. And the same heart that can love can also hate. And the same heart, the same body that can produce life can take it. So be real about it. Dana's going to represent Dana. He's going to represent the UFC. Chris is going to represent Chris. But bullying, come on. This is like pandering. Like these, these, these catchwords now. It's insanity. I want to see Chris Cyborg fight. I want to see her fight Amanda Nunez again. Like that is a fight I want to see. I don't know if it's going to happen. But, you know, Chris Cyborg's been bullying bullying people in the octagon for a minute. All right? And uh, let's, let's not pretend that the, that playing field was always equal. Let's just be real, right? And so it's kind of like, eh, yeah, maybe you're being bullied a little bit, but I don't know. It's kind of hard pill for me to swallow, to be totally honest with you. Um, yeah. So, what else is going on, man? Uh, I wanted. Oh, I saw this thing um, where uh, there's a fighter here. I wanted to read this. MMA fighter says this was on Fox News. That's funny. Fox News, folks. MMA fighter says Joe Rogan will pay for her medical treatment. I'm getting a second chance. Um, and so she puts on Instagram. Her name is Miriam Nakamoto. She says, so this happened today. I'm struggling to find the words. I've been trying to make a comeback for almost six years. I've been close. I've come close a few times, but I kept having difficulty with my knee. There's not much to be done with a grade three lesion on a meniscus besides stem cell therapy. I didn't have $30,000, so I did the best that I could. But I still always came up short, and then this happens. I'm still in shock. Thank you, Joe Rogan. See you soon, Dr. Riordan. So Joe Texter says, your treatment with Dr. Riordan is going to be 100% on the house, and I'm covering your expenses to get down there. He said, you're 100% covered, so just give me a mailing address so I can get it sorted out. So that's pretty dope. Like, he's going to pay for her travel, it sounds like. Nakamoto, she's 42 years old. She's 2-1. and one. She's a bantamweight fighter. She was undefeated in kickboxing, and then she tried to get into MMA. And that's cool, man. Like, I think it's actually cool that he he helped her out to do that. But this is what's funny. Uh, immediately, the comments on the article, because everyone's a motherfucking grandstanding expert. Dude says, 42 years old with a two-in-one record and a busted-up knee. Probably time to move on to something else, but good for her and gracious of the doctor and Joe Rogan. And then some dude steps in, Max, this is on Fox News Sports. Some guy goes, in kickboxing, she's 14-0. and 0. She also boxed professionally. And then right as right, the initial guy who said it was time for her to move on, it's a good point. But she's still probably over the hill for that sport. Like, I got to be right. I got to weigh in on my two cents about what Joe Rogan did. Uh, and then let's see. Somebody says... Joe Rogan, he's openly admitted at being a socialist and thinks the government, a.k.a. taxpayer, should pay for someone else's college. He can he can take a long walk on a short pier for all I care. Oh, wow. A long walk on a short pier. What is it fucking 1920 called? 
some shit my grandma used to tell prank phone callers. Go jump in the lake. Take a long walk on a short pier. I heard you tried to get fresh with my sister, Margaret. Come over here. I'm going to slug you in the puss. You see? It's like, come on, man. Get over it. Uh, then somebody said, let's see. Uh, nice gesture. And he didn't have to do it. But really, really. When you do some math and you see his net worth, then $30,000 is about equal to handing $5 to the guy in the corner. I do it all the time. Not heroic unless it has the chance to hurt or cause harm to oneself. If it's a tax write-off, then not heroic. This is JBPA163. And then some other dude replied, I think I might work with you. You're that guy that is never pleased with anything and complains about oxygen, company parties, and free food. Kim Jong Spoon says she's 42 and has three professional fights. Didn't see where the vision is coming from Joe on this one. Good for her, though. Wow. That's crazy. What a bunch of dicks, dude. Like, you try to do something nice. And all these people weigh in on it. Like, it's what a fucking world. The internet is the fake world. It's not real, you guys. Like, it's it's not real. You keep trying to make it real. It's not real. It's fake. You can't listen to it. You can't put too much stock into it. You have to use it as a tool and live your real life. Look, man, don't try to fucking put yourself in the machine that we've created we already live in the most amazing simulation that's ever existed. In the, we, we literally live in the Minecraft world. We can make tools and materials and build shit and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And we're in it first person. And we're equipped with rad ass bodies. We have money. We have jobs. We have brains. We have tools. It's fucking beautiful, man. So don't get sidetracked trying to put yourself into the fucking digital box so you can live some mediocre, hygienic existence inside that thing. That thing's a trap and it's not real. People going on there talking all their shit, man. Pisses me off. Pisses me off. ADC's coming up. That's uh, pretty dope. I wanted to look at some of the... um, Apparently there's some beef with Dylan Dennis. (laughs) Dylan Dennis is like an interesting dude. He, he 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 comes off like a real surly motherfucker. Like he's he hates everybody. He seems intelligent enough though. Like not totally. It's not like he doesn't get it. But there's something about him that's kind of funny though. At the same time, I like following him. I've, I've liked having him on the podcast. But uh. He's a good grappler too, man. But it 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 just kind of strikes me funny how he and Gordon Ryan. Apparently, Gordon Ryan's a little irritated at him for changing his weight class at ADCC. So the ADCC uh, rosters out, and it looks good, man. The sixty-six kilogram uh, division has got uh, some good talent in it. Cobrinha's coming back. He was the champion in 2017, which is crazy when you think about Cobrinha 2017. I would fucking love to see Hoffa Mendez in this division, though, man. Be awesome. Uh, Gio Martinez is in it. Really, look. I feel like Gio's really... Man, his performance uh, against some Yao brother uh, at um, Fight to Win... Uh, not Fight to Win, but... Um, uh, shit, what was that called? Let me look that event up real quick. 
subversive, right? Um, against Zhao Miao was 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 dope, man. That was a great fight, and I feel like Gio's really making um, a lot of uh, updates in his game. Not that I'm like the uh, <laughs> the uh, critique of Gio Martinez jujitsu, but he's grown a lot as a fucking grappler, man. Just as a spectator, you can see it. And, uh, you know, I feel like he's had two really pivotal for me, for me. Right. And I'm sure he could tell you different and I don't speak for Gio, but I feel like he's had two really kind of pivotal moments in his grappling career. One was when he, he beat Eddie Cummings at EBI 10. And I think two is when he, uh, beats Zhao Miao. It's subversive, man. Like those are two fucking big wins and those are two big moments for him. Uh, in a really, really dope ass way. So, um, uh, pretty, pretty stoked to see him, uh, you know, kind of turn things around here or not, not, not turn things around. That's the wrong word. I'm sorry. Uh, pretty stoked to see him on this level, get invited to ADCC. And I want to see how he does. The other people in this division are Paulo Meow, uh, Keith Kororkian, who's fantastic, uh, from, uh, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, you've got Gianni Grippo, Gianni Grippo uh, Augusto Mendez, he's always there, AJ Agazarm, uh, Mikey Musamichi, who's won Worlds now twice, he's, he's, a, he's a baby still, fuck dude, Bruno Frazado, Matthias Gabriel, like that's a stacked division right there. The 77 kilogram division is... Uh, just as tight. You got JT Torres, Nikki Ryan, Lachlan Giles, Wagner Rocha, Edwin Jami, Hanato Kunuto, Lucas Lepre, DJ Jackson. Like, holy shit. To win that division, you got to go through some big names. 88 kilogram. Check these names out. Josh Hanger, Craig Jones, Rustam Chazev, Mike Perez, Keenan Cornelius. Gilberto Burns, Matthias Denise, dude, stacked. 99 kilograms is the division right here, though, man. Dylan Dennis, Homolo, Jackson Souza, Lucas Barboza, Vinny Magalish, Gordon Ryan, Mason Fowler, Tim Spriggs. Holy shite. It's going to be dope, man. It's going to be dope. And then the uh, 99 plus, you got Bouchesha, Tex Johnson, Braganetto. Man, I haven't seen his name pop up in a while. It's pretty dope to see him in there. Uh, Yuri Samoz is going to be back. Orlando Sanchez, Roberto Abreu, Zhao Rocha, Rocha, Muhammad Ali. Dude, it's, it's going to be stacked, man. Like, if you're not watching ADCC, in September, you're like, you're out of it. You're out of your brain. Like, it's going to be really fucking good. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. Um, the other thing that happened that was very interesting is uh, JT Torres. He beat Wagner Rocha for the world uh, welterweight Nogi champion title and fight to win uh, 119. And uh, Wagner's tough, man. Like, he's a tough, tough dude to beat. And um, Torres is just, his pressure is just too much, man. And he's able to stay tight, and he's able to win scrambles. He's able to stay tight, 
and um, JT was able to put him in some bad positions. He won an anonymous decision, but man, what a match. What a match. Um, Tim Spriggs and Tex Johnson also fought. Uh, and Spriggs beat Tex Johnson uh, with a footlock uh, or a, a not a footlock, but a footlock attempt and a steam, a, a steam lock. So pretty big names. Fight to win's really growing, man. Fight to win is fucking pretty amazing. All the cool things they're doing in the jujitsu world. Um, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked for, for ADCC coming up. It's going to be really, really good. It's going to be so good. What else is going on, man? Um, there's a new Mastering the System out. If you're not watching Mastering the System, you should be. If you go to 10thplanetjujitsu.com, it's $4.99 a month. And Eddie puts out these shows. They're like, you know, an hour to two hours long. And it's just full 10th Planet stuff. So if you're interested in learning 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, that's a great, great place to start. Nick Lentz was talking shit about BJ Penn, and it's kind of weird because, dude, I've heard this from more than one person, and that doesn't mean it's true. But Nick Lentz is saying that BJ Penn is a dirtbag. And every couple months that he would threaten Nick Lentz on Instagram and that, you know, just because he's good at fighting, that people look the other way, that he's a drug addict. And, you know, he's an asshole. And, uh, you know, everyone, he's spiraling and heading towards a disastrous point in his life. And, you know, all these crazy things. And I, I heard this dude said this when I was in Colorado. He was working at one of these clinics where you like, if you drink too much, you go there the next day and they like rehydrate you. You know what I'm talking about. Those like you get a vitamin B12 shot. I was not drinking. Well, I, I did drink a little, but I didn't need need it. I did get a B12 shot, though. It was more of a novelty. It felt pretty good, though, to be honest. But the dude doing it said he grew up in Hawaii with BJ Penn and said BJ Penn was a drug addict. And I thought he was full of shit because I had never heard that before. But who knows, man? I hope he's not. I fucking love BJ Penn. I love watching BJ Penn. I always pull for BJ Penn. Um, it breaks my heart a lot, and I don't bet on BJ Penn, but I really do like watching BJ Penn, and I hope that that shit's not true. And if it is true, is it really necessary to use that to promote a fight? And should he be fighting? I don't know, but man, when you start talking shit like that, you're kind of putting yourself in a level. There's some things that are just kind of off guard, like, all right, Connor and um, Jose Aldo, they're trying to promote a fight, you know, and Connor pulls out the red panty line. Okay, whatever. That's not that big of a deal, ultimately. And they there's some shit talking. It gets a little personal, but when you tell somebody they're a drug addict and they're a bum and they're heading towards rock bottom... And they're a phony, and they're they're on crack or crank or meth or whatever it is. Like eh, some lines are getting crossed. Like eh, someone could show up at your door. You, you know what I mean? Like he, it's interesting that Nick Lentz went there, and it's interesting that I've also heard this before, which is kind of like. Ugh. But um, I'm pulling for BJ, and I hope it's I hope it's not true. Uh, I really hope it's not true. So man, we were in San Francisco over the weekend, and. 
uh, yeah, I just got to say this, like, I grew up in Stockton, and I still live in Stockton, and I've heard pretty much my whole life, there's kind of this Bay Area attitude towards people who live in the valley. They even call it the valley. The valley's the central valley. This is the the fucking valley. We're talking Bakersfield to Redding just about. It's flat as fuck. It's a gigantic valley. This is the valley. This is where they came for Grapes of Wrath, right? That, that kind of shit. Um... There's always been a little bit of a Bay Area sophisticated look down your nose at people in the Valley because they're dirty and they're dumb and there's crime and there's this and there's that. Eesh, San Francisco, get your shit together, man. Like, man, I spent a week in there and it, progressively the last dozen or so times I've been in the city, it's just, it's a shithole, dude. Like, it's it's disgusting. There's There's people everywhere. There's shit everywhere. There's garbage everywhere. Insane. A lot of fun to watch, though. I saw uh, four uh, four people get in altercations. Um, two were... Um, and I like watching them because I like watching the posturing that takes place before a fight. And uh, some of the posturing is this. is <laughs> One dude was on one side of the street. And he was like about a 50-year-old, kind of like a bum bum guy. I would say bum guy won. He's like a middle-aged bum guy fought young bum guy. And middle-aged bum guy was across the street. And young bum guy was on my side of the street. And young bum guy, I thought first, was talking to himself. And he was singing really loud, like, you better stay on your side of the street. Motherfucker this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And I was like, oh, shit, who is he talking to? And so we're walking right by this guy, and then I realized, oh, he's talking to the guy across the street. That's middle-aged bum guy, and he's telling middle-aged bum guy, keep your distance. You better not come over here. This is my territory. I'm going to fuck you up, and a bunch of other explicatives that I'm not allowed to use. And um, someone paid attention. I'm like, wow, let's see where this goes. And middle-aged bum guy is just slowly creeping up across the street and he's slowly closing the gap and young bum guy is getting even more even more dramatic with his body language even more posturating posturing even more posturing (laughs) can't even talk anymore um more explicatives more crazy street kung fu you know like street style it's (laughs) the way people fight who don't know how to fight is the same way they try to argue or debate or talk about things when they don't know what the fuck they're talking about it's just like a hodgepodge of shit they've seen in movies books they've read comic books youtube clips magazine articles fucking shit they did on the playground when they were seven something their uh, great uncle taught them when they were 11 and he served in the korean war and knew how to karate chop you on your neck like it's just like a an amalgamation of fighting nonsense right and so he's going full bum kung fu like full bum jitsu full bum fu he's on it he's fucking getting into it but he's keeping distance evidently He's gone through the Gracie combatives because he knew how to keep distance because middle-aged bum guy crossed the fucking street. And I was like, oh, shit. Middle-aged bum guy just didn't give a fuck. You could tell he was salty. He was weather-worn. And it was a Sunday. And he was going to cross the motherfucking street. And he crossed the street. And young bum guy 
crossed it to the other side while he talked shit about you better not come near me he crossed it he stayed away the posturing was amazing and the closer they got the more dramatic the posturing was but the dramatic posturing guy the young bum slowly moved away kept his distance tried to keep his dignity tried to win the posturing fight the fight before the fight when you posture like two lobsters fighting for prime location so they can mate with the most beautiful female who's just waiting. She's just waiting. Who's going to be the toughest lobster? I want to crawl under his rock. Oh, your claws are so sexy. I like how you snap that other lobster's claw off. Basically, that's what these dudes are doing. And then I saw an interesting argument. I saw a African-American security guard tell an African-American look like, I don't know if he was homeless or not. He wasn't dirty like a homeless dude, but he was kind of loitering. Told him he couldn't loiter at a certain um, coffee shop. Not Starbucks. And um, they got into an argument. And the one African-American dude told the other other African-American dude that he was a racist. And he was kicking him off of the coffee shop because he was black. What the fuck kind of world are we living in, man? We're like, people just want to do what they want to do. And they're willing to use any argument in any term to justify it and to get what they want. Um, I want to read the Tracy Press. I love it. The police log, Tracy's little town, about 40, about 18 miles from from Stockton. Maybe a little less. I don't know. Um there's a the tracy press online has a police log and it has provided me joy for many many years now and i want to bring it up and i want to talk about it here we go police log toothless gunman ties up woman in medical clinic a worker at davida tracy dialysis called the tracy police at 252 july 18th to report that a man with a handgun tied her up in the office The woman said that the man who looked homeless and was missing teeth stole her purse with her ID and credit card. She was uninjured and officers searched the area for the man but couldn't find him. A toothless gunman. Wednesday, 2 a.m. A woman sitting in her car eating her dinner at 2.20 a.m. Working late. Heard a crash at 23rd Street and Bessie Avenue. She reported that a Ford pickup had crashed into a car parked near the Ritter Family Ballpark. Ritter police noted the man was taken to the county hospital and one person was arrested on suspicion of drunk driving. Probably the woman sitting in her car. Let's see. An employee at Quick Stop, Lincoln Volabard, said the store was robbed. The, the employee told the police that he was cleaning the coffee machine when a man with his face came up behind him with a gun. The employee couldn't describe the gun, but he said after the robber took the money, he ran north on Lincoln. Police checked and there were no nearby cameras that recorded the man running from the store. He got away. A man on the 1,000 block of Powell Court said their yard was vandalized with toilet paper in the trees and plastic forks stuck in the lawn. He said his wife was worried that vandalism was related to their religion, but he thought it was random. Police said, hey, call back if it happens again. I'm telling you, it's because we're Pentecostal, honey. No, it's not. Four women were involved in a fist fight at 11.50 a.m. on a Wednesday. In front of a store on Central Avenue near near 2nd Street. The women got into two different cars and then got back out and kept fighting. 
with two people throwing blows and the other two trying to stop them. Police arrived and separated the women who were released after they promised to appear in court. <laughs> two people were throwing blows. I, whoever writes these descriptions, you know this guy's like a low-key comedian. Police were called about an ongoing issue with a homeless man living in a community dumpster, going to the trash, trash and bathing in the pool at a complex on the 100 block of East Grant Line. The resident who called was told to have the manager call the police to get a trespassing warning for the man. 5.45 p.m., a caller on the 1500 block of Marine Court said that someone tried to steal their Chevy Tahoe by drilling a hole in the door handle. I saw this on Warner Brothers books, bunny. Ah, uh, let's see. A woman on the 1400 block of Olivia Court said she was upset because her back neighbor threatened to call the police unless her kids quieted down in their pool. Excuse me, we're letting a homeless man bathe in our pool. The woman said the neighbor should close her windows instead if she didn't want to hear the children. Police noted they received a call from the neighbor about the woman's residence being too loud. The cops talked to both neighbors, told them not to shout at each other, and just call the police. Several people heard a loud explosion. Officers checked and couldn't find anything. Oh, yeah, I love this. I love this. A man was Tuesday, 1.54 a.m. A man was screaming at customers and trying to jump on them outside the AMPM Mini Mart in Tracy Boulevard. An employee said the man who had been lunging at people was last seen walking towards the Interstate 205 on-ramp. The employee told police to tell the man if they found him that he couldn't go back to the store. Yeah, we'll get right on that, sir. Jesus. A caller said a homeless man had defecated in William Lowe's Park and was lying down at the park with a lot of stuff on him. Police talked to the man but didn't take action. 11.01 a.m., a man was reported to be drinking beer in front of Helms L. House. A caller said, it's an ale house. You're supposed to drink beer. A caller said the man had already consumed three beers from a six-pack. Police talked to the man who said he wasn't drunk and he just moved from Afghanistan and didn't know the laws regarding public drinking. Wait, I thought, I thought like maybe if you were from Afghanistan, you weren't supposed to drink. Maybe that's just me assuming everyone in Afghanistan is like, uh, I don't even know if Muslims are allowed to drink. Are they allowed to drink? Does anybody know? Are you allowed to drink if you're Muslim? I honest to God, I don't know. Um, but that's kind of funny. I don't know the laws, man. I'm, I'm here from Mexico. A caller said, let me see what else we got. Um, uh, police were called about a man bathing in a dumpster behind Mancini's sleep world. Wait, is this the same guy that bathed in the pool? I've never bathing in a fucking dumpster. How do you bathe in a dumpster? That's, that's awesome. A caller said someone was yelling and screaming behind the old Tracy Press building. The caller heard someone say, put your knife away. The caller could see two men and a woman walking toward a liquor store but couldn't see a knife. Police found the group in an alley and they arrested one of them on suspicion of being drunk. Oh my God. Let me read some more. A passenger in an Uber said a box truck had followed him from a bar and seemed to be trying to crash into his Uber on MacArthur Boulevard. MacArthur Drive. A couple of minutes later, he said he didn't need the police because he thought the box truck had stopped following him. Wow. My God. That's insane. He's following me. He's following the Uber. These people are crazy. 
A driver said a drunken passenger tried to push out the passenger side window of his car. I like that. Tracy's got a lot of crazy shit going on. You should check him out. Go to goldenstatenewspapers.com and you can read the police log. Uh, it's good shit. Yeah, I don't know. Um, everything's going great. I'm glad to be back. Fucking super stoked about jujitsu. I'm super stoked about everything that's going on. And um, I just really value what I have right now. And I really appreciate it. And it took a lot of hard work. And it took a lot of um, pushing to get there. And it's been a dream. I was sitting in a cubicle 10 years ago dreaming about this moment. And it's it's finally here. I'm not working for the man. I'm just working for the gym. It's full time, full time. The podcast is back. You're going to get more episodes. You're going to get a lot of more everything, whether you want it or not. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I love you guys. I think you guys are dope. Please check us out inside BJJAcademy.com. You can follow me at inside BJJ on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, please support the show. Tell your friends, get a premium subscription. It's a buck 99 inside slash premium. Uh, hit, hit us up, man. I love you guys. If you have anything you want me to talk about, you want to call in, you want to talk to me, you want to just do whatever, man, hit us up. I love it. I love everything that's going on. I love everybody. I love jujitsu. I love bums. I love Democrats. I love Republicans. I love people. Um, I want everyone to do well, even though I talk like a big asshole in my heart, I really want everyone to do well. And, um, you know, really, really trying to just, just do my best. Just do my best. All right. That's it. I'm out. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a great If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Subscribe and tell your friends. Keep up to date with all the latest news in mixed martial arts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and submission, grappling, pro wrestling, boxing, you name it, we got it. Go to InsideBJJ.com. Follow us on Instagram at InsideBJJ, Twitter at InsideBJJ, Facebook.com slash InsideBJJ Podcast.